Welcome to the OCR Underground Show. Each week, you get the latest research, training secrets of top coaches, and everything you need to crush your next obstacle course race and finish burpee-free. Here's your host, SGX coach, Mike Diebler. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Mike Diebler, and welcome to the OCR Underground Show, where my goal is simple. It's help you train smarter for your next OCR maximize performance and keep you injury free. Uh, if you want to check out the show notes for today's episode, head on over to ocrunderground.com slash episode dash 89. Um, well, start of 2022, which is pretty crazy. And I'm sure it's going to feel like in just a few days, we're talking about 2023. Um, but hopefully you're getting excited for the year and excited for planning for your races and training and all that good stuff. And I definitely want to dive a little bit deeper in uh, today's episode about planning for the best year yet. Um, hopefully you're starting to look at the schedule and, and figure out your races. Uh, I do want to um, mention uh, one of the first races of the year, a DECA Strong event that's going to be held at my studio, San Diego Premier Training. And if you are in the San Diego area or SoCal area, uh, definitely would love for you to come by. We, we have about 10 spots still open, so it'd be great to fill those up and to, to have you join us. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes for the direct registration for that event, but you can also uh, check out the DECA.fit site and uh, search for the events in there for the DECA Strong. So I'm um, definitely excited about um, hosting this event, um, and it should be, should be a fun one, so really excited about that. Uh, I have an awesome episode, as usual. In the Inside Mike's Mind segment, I do, like I said, want to talk about planning out the year and some of the key things that I know I've probably touched on some of these before, but just to really emphasize, hey, take take advantage of January and the motivation and the timing and uh, put together a solid plan to help you best pre prepare for uh, this race season. Uh, in my research review, you know, I always love talking about recovery. So I found a study actually comparing massage versus cold water immersion. So two really popular recovery methods and kind of see how they um, influenced recovery. And I, I had an awesome interview with coach Paul Christopher from Gravity and Oxygen Fitness. And we dive deep into DECA training. We talk about a few different things, but he has a lot of experience with uh, running DECA events and, and performing them um, as well as Spartan races. So it was really awesome to get his input on, you know, some of the difference differences. If you are going to take on some of these different types of more fitness-based competitions um, in addition to, or maybe replacing your OCR training, whatever it might be, uh, he just gives some really awesome advice and tips on, on the event itself and some key things that you should consider when training for it. So, uh, so awesome interview today with uh, Coach Paul Christopher. Um, before we get into today's episode, I definitely want to take a minute and let you know about the sponsors to this show for making this all possible. Uh, first up, we have Venga CBD. It's pretty clear of the popularity of cannabidiol and using it as a performance enhancing supplement. Um, the research is, is definitely stacking up on a lot of the benefits of using CBD. Uh, so if you're going to add this to your routine, it's important that you're using it from a trusted company that's putting in exactly what they say it is and you're getting all that you can out of it. Uh, Venga CBD's goal is simple. They want you to, they design their products with the endurance athlete in mind uh, in order to train longer, race harder, and recover faster. And that's that's the ultimate goal, right? Train hard, 
perform at your best, recover as quickly as possible so we can do it all again. Uh, their products are five times more available than most CBD products. Um, and uh, they have a, a quiz that you can check out on their site that will help you uh, figuring out specifically which supplements would best suit what you're looking for and, and how it can best add on to the training that you're already doing. So uh, also they have their uh, free 2022 training calendar. Um, I just think this is a staple to get this every year and plan out the year and your training and, and exactly how you want to see the year go. So you can get it for free on their website or you could pay a small small uh, shipping fee and they'll print it out and send it to you and you can write all over it hanging on your wall but either way uh, it's something i definitely recommend uh, picking up if nothing else uh, so make sure you head on over to vengacbd.com ocr underground when you uh, when you go to that website you're actually going to see a few coupon codes too so you can save pretty big on your next order um, so again vengacbd.com ocr underground uh, I also want to talk about uh, Fitbar. So obviously, grip training is uh, going to be critical—a critical piece to your OCR training—and it's important to have options, right? When we are in just about any OCR out there, you are going to be challenged in a number of different ways, specifically with grip. So it's it's great to have options. Fitbar has a ton of different grip training tools that you can use, plus a bunch of other really cool training tools from pull-up bars to, to, to racks and rigs and uh, pulley systems. And uh, a lot of it, you know, super easy to add into your home gym, um, which, is, which is why they're so popular because we can, we can really build a nice little um, dri uh, gym in our garage, backyard, wherever it might be, uh, with lots of fun toys. Uh, check out their grip tools, though. I uh, some of the ones I really uh, that are, are really awesome. Uh, their uh, H2 pull-up ball grips. Um, this one is always a go-to for me for hangs, for pull-ups, um, all sorts of things to, to help that grip. Uh, pretty challenging to do too. Uh, the hangboard grips, uh, really nice tool for improving that pinch strength. Um, which we definitely need in a lot of different obstacles. And then the, uh, the mini cane grips, again, just changing up that grip a little bit. Lots of fun stuff you can do with that with pull-ups and, and monkey bars and, and a whole bunch of cool stuff. So, uh, again, check them out at fitbarstrong.com. Uh, and don't forget, use code OCR Underground. You can save 10% off your order. And then finally, uh, again, talking about grip, I wanted to mention Handmaster Plus. Uh, Handmaster Plus is uh, another great, uh, easy to use grip training tool. I actually keep one at my office at home, one at the office at the studio, so I can just uh, throw it on, train for a few few minutes, a minute or two, and just kind of whenever I have some time, just always working on that grip. Not just working on that grip, but really training the hand, um, the wrist, all in balance, right? So we have uh, 27 key muscles that affect hand, finger, and uh, forearm performance and the Handmaster Plus trains all of them. Uh, nine muscles to close the hand, nine muscles to open the hand, nine, nine muscles to control hand positions. So a great way to create balance, especially if you tend to overdo it in a lot of gripping and crushing type things uh, and develop maybe some elbow pain um, just from not, not creating that balance there. So there's a really simple tool you can use. Uh, so head on over to Handmaster Plus and check out uh, their grip balls there. Um, all right, well, let's get into today's episode. All 
All right, well, it's time for the Inside Mike's Mind segment. And as I mentioned, I want to talk about, you know, planning out this year, making it the best year yet. And if you follow the podcast, I know I've talked a lot about this, and usually every January I'm talking about some of these things and just planning planning the year out. But I just think it's always worth discussing, talking about, reminding you, whatever it might be, uh, just to help, help you plan out your year. Uh, so we're putting together an effective program, and we're not just jumping from one workout to the next, right? This should all be part of a big system. Um, and it's pretty easy to do if you're just paying attention to it. So I've been sending a few emails out about this topic, um, but I wanted to kind of take a little deeper dive into it on here. Uh, the two big things that I want to focus on here are testing and planning. Uh, so starting with testing, essentially what we're trying to set a baseline. I want to know where are you right now, right? Not where you were, you know, 10 years ago, not where you want to be. Right now, I just want to know where you are right now. And that's why we we test certain things. And this is a huge topic and it can be its own podcast. Um, and I've talked about it in other podcasts, but I just want to at least touch on a few just to help you focus on, okay, well, what, what should I what should I test? And there's a lot of <coughs> different <coughs> areas we can do. So um, I think it'll be, it'll depend on, you know, things you have access to. Some testing super simple. You don't really need anything, just your body. Some you might need some, you know, resistance, some weights, uh, and others you might need more, more technical equipment. So it kind of depends on what you, what you have access to. So I at least want to give you a few options from if you have access to a lot of stuff or maybe nothing at all. Um, I think one area that most people don't really look at in terms of testing is, you know, your cardiorespiratory fitness, your aerobic capacity, right? So much of OCR is the endurance piece. And I know a lot of people love the obstacles. They love the strength and the challenge there. And I do too. But really what separates people is this cardio ability and just to be better conditioned. And if you have access to lots of things like being able to go get a VO2 max test, I think this is a perfect opportunity to do that. Now, yes, it's there are some barriers for this to happen, right? You need to find somebody that does this type of testing. Um, you need to go through the testing, which is a, a challenge in and of itself. And, um, you know, so it's just a little bit tougher and it costs money, right? You're going to have to invest in doing this type of testing. And not everybody's going to be able to do all those things. So, um, but if you can, you get a lot of valuable information, very specific, that's going to help you put together a better program, right? So you're going to know your VO2 max, you're going to know your anaerobic threshold and your aerobic capacity and, and some other key information, how well of a fat metabolizer, a carbohydrate metabolizer you are. It really gives you a ton of great information that you can use, put in a training program and, um, and uh, see if it's working, right? Because that's that's the whole point, right? We are setting this baseline to make sure whatever intervention we do is making a difference, right? So if you told me, hey, I want to be more flexible, I want to touch my toes, I would say, well, let's see how far you can go. Like, let's set the baseline. Can you touch your toes? And you reach, and maybe you can get to your ankles. It's like, okay, cool, that's our baseline. This is our starting point. Now we're going to go from here. Now, maybe you decide, uh, hey, I want to do yoga or some foam rolling or stretching, whatever it might be. And we spend a couple weeks doing that. And you come back and say, all right, let's see your toe touch. And now you can touch your knees. And it's like, wait, we just got significantly worse. Um, this is really good information to know because everything we just did actually made us go backwards, right? So it's, now I know, hey, let's stop what we were doing. Let's game plan and try something else, right? Or maybe now you're touching your palms to the floor. It's like, cool. All right, now what? Well, you might say, well, 
that's that's all I wanted to do for flexibility. It's like, okay, let's let's look at some of our other measurements and see where did we have any other priorities. Um, so we we move on, right? We maintain the flexibility you gain, but we move on. So that's the whole point of this. So if I get my VO2 max and I get all these numbers, then I'm going to train for a while and then I might go back. Say I go back in six months, test it again and see where things getting better, um, worse, you know, what happened? And, and should I continue the training program I was on? Do I need to change some things? Whatever it might be. So just keep that in mind. That's the whole point of this, not to just do it and then throw it away to see if it's it's getting better. And, you know, our our different interventions are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So, uh, so VO2 max, we can go testing. If that's not an option, we could do something simple like a time trial. Um, there's lots of different ones out there, but a simple 20 minute time trial, you can put, you know, your, uh, average heart rate and pace in there and, and you'll get a lot of great information. We can predict your, your VO2 max with that. Uh, you might have an Apple watch and you can, you can get your VO2 max prediction there. Um, or like worst case, you know, I, I just always say, just check your resting heart rate as a great, you know, indicator of your, your cardio health of nothing else. So yes, it's not going to give you a ton of information, but at least know, will let us know, is this a really big priority for you or not? Right. So, um, I would love more information, but if all I had was your resting heart rate and you, you know, took it for seven days and you told me, Hey, my resting heart rate's 45, I'd say, you know what? I think your heart's pretty efficient. Right, I'd still love to measure your performance, but at least I know your your uh, cardiorespiratory system seems to be working pretty well. Um, or you told me, hey, it's seventy five. It's like this is a a big deal. This is, you know anything over sixty, I think, makes this a priority where we need to focus on this. You know, not not your strength levels right now. You know, we can still strength train, but our main goal should be to improve your your cardio health for right now. So. Um, I think that that cardio um, measurement, VO2 max, heart rate, super simple things you can do. Uh, obviously, they can get complex, but you know we can keep it really simple. That's a great baseline to check right there. Um, and then go on the other end. Look at your strength levels, right? And again, there's we can go strength, endurance, but if we just looked simple, we looked at endurance. Let's look at strength now. Um, traditionally, you're going to see one rep max testing is kind of your your most popular way, most common way to test for muscular strength, which is totally fine. Um, in my experience, I tend to lean more towards like a three or a five rep max, um, mainly for safety reasons. I think more things go wrong when you maximally load the body. And I think this information is important, but as the risk gets higher and higher, I think it's less and less worth getting that information. So if I have you do a three to five rep max, we, I know, you know, we have a little bit of a buffer so um, sure, it may not be 100% accurate, but at least in terms of what you know, predicting my one rep max is, that's okay. I still get a number that we can we can use as a baseline, um, and it's important to mix it up, right? So we want both lower and upper body movements that we can we can test. Um, you know, at a minimum, uh, some type of quad dominant movement like a squat, some type of hip dominant movement like a deadlift, uh, a push, you know, like a chest press or push ups, and then a pull. Could be pull-ups, rows, you know, something like that. So just different, uh, easy exercise, something that you're comfortable with that you can test in those different movement patterns and um, really great ways that we can get that in, uh, strength measurement. So strength, endurance. And then one final thing I wanted to talk about is kind of putting it more in, in terms of race performance. And, you know, I mentioned the, the DECA event that I'm going to be hosting at my studio and, and these events are becoming more and more popular. Um, but this is why we kind of... Um, bought into this whole system 
at, at my studio was because we we can use this event event basically as an assessment right so we kind of put it all together you need strength you need endurance you need a little mental toughness you need, you need all these different things and we're going to put it in competitive format and have you go through to get a number and that's really all we're going to do it's we're, we're going to go through all the 10 uh zones get a number and now i have a baseline right and now i can use that to see hey is our training improving us or not right yes yeah, so you can use a, a like a spartan race or obstacle course race and if you kind of do the same one every year or uh, you know have an idea here's i perform on the sprint you can use a race as kind of a baseline that's okay it doesn't have to all be in the gym um, but sometimes that's just a little bit harder to do. And with these events popping up all over the place, it's, it's a pretty easy thing. Um, or you can put your own together, right? You can come up with a little circuit or your own obstacle course or something that kind of, you know, just looks at more of like you in terms of performance, right? It's great to look at, you know, VO2 max running on a treadmill, um, you know, or lifting weights. These are all great, but I want to see how does it translate into performance. So just another great way or another thing to consider as you're setting that baseline. So basically, once we get all of this information, it just gives us numbers. Now I just want to make sure I use the numbers to help plan out what I need to work on. So once I've figured out maybe some of my weaker areas, now let's set up a training program. So my first phase, if you want to call it that, is going to focus on maybe my weakest area of its strength. Okay, let me put a little bit more emphasis on strength during this training phase um, and see if I can get that to improve a little bit. Is it more the endurance side? Okay, and again, I'm not saying you forget about everything else. I just say you make this your priority. You know, Monday is your, your training day for this goal, whatever it is. Don't wait for the end of the week because maybe you don't like it as much. Um, this is what we do on Monday. This is what we do as often as we we can um, really focusing on that and then we just build check it is it improving maybe i need to, to bounce around a little bit and work on strength now because my endurance is pretty solid um, but i feel like maybe i've i haven't improved in much as much in strength so now my next phase maybe i i focus on that so the idea is just coming up with a plan and and when you look at designing a, an exercise program there's so many different theories and methods out there but i just think when you have the baseline and have a specific goal to work on it makes the program design part much easier um, and then we can throw you know and then looking at our training calendar we we throw the races in there to see okay well when is now racing the priority right so i know i need hey i'm gonna need two to three months to get into peak performance for this race so i need to plan that accordingly so that's why i like using you know the end of the year you know november december january february not that there are no races then but this is kind of a great time to really focus on these different things especially if some of the bigger races you're going to do are later in the year you have pl plenty of time right you can still race during all of that i i know that's kind of the criticism i'll, I'll hear is well I want to race though and it's like that's fine right you're, you're racing just your training may not be designed to peak you for these races um, we're going to wait for some of the later races to really work on improving that so um, thinking about your planning that way so again uh, i know these are topics that i've talked about before but just think about those two things what can you test you know get your baseline 
once you have your baseline, now look at your program to see what should I be focusing on the most, and then go go into a deep dive with that. You need to find out, well, how do I improve my VO2 max? Or what's the best way to get stronger, right? So now we start to ask the right questions on, I need a tra training program. Well, I need a specific training program now, right? I need a training program that is going to improve these different things uh, to the best of my ability. So uh, hopefully that helps give you some guidance in putting together your program for this year. All right, in this week's research review, um, I wanna talk about some different recovery methods. So I know recovery is a, a hotter topic nowadays, and a lot of people are always asking what, you know, what are the go-to recovery methods? So one thing I think is important is you should have multiple recovery methods and depends on what you're trying to recover from. So it's, it's always a hard question to answer, like what's your favorite recovery tool? Because it just depends. What am I recovering from? How much time do I have? You know, am I racing later that day? Um, or tomorrow, or is it in a month? Um, is it just for a workout? You know, there's a lot of different things. And when we look at the research, it's a little tricky too because recoveries can be a, a difficult thing to measure um, as well. Um, but I did find a study from the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research that looked at this topic and they compared um, massage therapy and um, cold water immersion. So I do think these are two very popular recovery tools. And what they did was they took a group of trained individuals. So these were people used to um, running specifically, and they wanted to basically see, all right, if we put you through a kind of time trial, a test, then have you do some type of recovery method and have you come back a couple of days later, will it change performance at all? Um, so what they did was they measured, um, they did basically a, a an exhaustive interval training session where they just um, got them as tired as they could with a, with a hardcore running workout. And um, they measured specifically them running at different speeds because they wanted to compare biomechanics and running economy, right? So they wanted to see like how well they were running um, when they were fresh and then after the, uh, the test. So they measured uh, using three speeds, they ran at 12 miles per hour, 14 miles per hour, and 16, uh, I'm sorry, not miles per hour, kilometers per hour. <laughs> um, 12 kilometers per hour, 14 kilometers per hour, and uh, 16 kilometers per hour. So they, they looked at, you know, stride frequency, height, you know, broke down the very specific biomechanics of, uh, of their, their gait, their running form. Um, then after they did the, uh, the interval training, they performed um, either massage, uh, cold water immersion, or rest, right? Just nothing. And that was the control group. So they, they broke them up into three groups. Uh, one group got a massage, one group did cold water immersion, the other did nothing, just to compare um, how, it, how it all affected their performance. Uh, and then they came back 48 hours later to retest so they can look at their running economy and biomechanics at those different speeds again. They wanted to see, well, um, was there any difference in running performance um, after this exhaustive interval workout? Uh, and what they found was the group that had the best improvements, the, the least reduction in uh, running economy and, and running form, things like stride height, 
angles of uh, of the joints uh, was the massage group. So they found that the, the massage group had uh, significantly better recovery than the control group at the different speeds, um, and it had better recovery than the cold water immersion. Um, there wasn't any significant difference between the cold water immersion and the control group. So the, the, the group that got in the cold water and the group that um, did nothing saw about the same recovery after 48 hours. Um, so I thought it was interesting that the, the massage group saw the best recovery looking at um, uh, running economy and biomechanics. So what does that tell us? Does that say that massage is king and cold water immersion is just a way to torture yourself? Uh, no, but it's, I think, again, we have all these different tools that we can use for recovery. Now, this study looked at a very specific thing and they had a, a specific time um, that there was for recovery. So would this have changed if they um, did 24 hours later, if it was a different style of workout? Um, we, we don't know, right? And it didn't do anything looking at like heart rate variability and the autonomic nervous system. Maybe there was improvements there. So um, this is again, why recovery can be a little bit difficult to study because there's so many variables, right? We look at muscle damage that occurs during exercise. We look at fuel usage and you know, like glycogen depletion, um, uh, nervous system activity, right? All these different things will affect fatigue and performance. Um, so this was specifically just looking at, you know, your running economy, like uh, how efficient you are at running and your form essentially as you were running and they found that massage was better. Um, but I do think it's, if you're a person that just dreads cold water, um, keep in mind that that's not the only form of recovery. I do think cold water um, has its place and there are studies showing that there are some benefits with cold water immersion. So I don't wanna just, you know, throw it away because this one study says this, but just know that massage is effective as, as well, um, maybe even more so. Now you might be thinking, well, with massage, I, I don't, I'm not gonna be able to hire a massage to, to uh, give me a massage after every workout. Remember foam rolling is essentially a, you know, it's poor man's massage, right? So this is an easy way to, to get your own massage after a workout. You know, you can target specific areas. If you're running, you can get lots of over, uh, lower body work on the foam roller. Um, but doing that after, uh, uh, an intense session. I know a lot of people do foam rolling before, which is great. Um, but remember doing these things post-workout is a great way to enhance recovery. So, um, again, cold water in this study was not a, as effective. It didn't say it didn't help recovery, just not as effective as massage therapy. So just know you have options there. And, uh, really one of the easiest things you can do to help boost recovery post-workout, get on a foam roller, roll around a little bit and just get that blood flowing to help speed up recovery so you can get to your next workout as fresh as possible. All right, well, I have a, a special guest for today's episode. Uh, on with me today is Coach Paul Christopher. Uh, Coach Paul has been a fitness professional in the Boca Raton area in Florida for over 20 years. Uh, he's a certified athletic trainer, uh, a CSCS coach, uh, as well as a, a personal trainer. Uh, he has a variety of experience and blends uh, uh, from a, a few different backgrounds, including orthopedic rehab, sports performance, and personal training. And he is the owner and founder of Gravity and Oxygen Fitness. So Paul, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, I'm honored. 
Yeah. Uh, so first, I'm I'm kind of curious. I wanted to ask you about uh, the name of your your brand, your business, uh, Gravity and Oxygen. Where did that it's come from? I'm just yeah, super super curious. Okay. So um uh um I started working here in beach in Florida with a lot of beach volleyball players. That's my sport. I've been out to California many times, and I love it with a passion. So when I was starting a grassroots off-season beach volleyball conditioning program about 10, uh, 15 years ago, I was doing something with our all my friends and the top end athletes. A couple have been to the Olympics and they've been on the AVP. So I was trying to come up with the brand for this program. So if you think about it, if you broke exercise down into two divisions, we have strength training, we have cardiovascular. Well, what are the primal ingredients of each division? Well, we understand that gravity has never taken a vacation. Right? It's the hardest working substance ever on earth, all right? Pretty hard working. So with that, it's the most implemental tool for strength training. Master your own body weight before you get to um, external loads, inanimate objects. Oxygen, all right, the presence of oxygen um, is the term anaerobic, aerobic. Aerobic means the presence of oxygen. So when it comes to cardiovascular base, base points, then we need the presence of oxygen aerobically to burn fat calories, to create muscle pump. So I was like, all right, oxygen, gravity, gravity, oxygen, sounds kind of snazzy. So I named the program by that, made some shirts, some cool colors. And my friends were like, you know what? That sounds pretty cool. You've got something going on there. They started getting the shirts. And um, when I decided to open up this facility in 2015 with my then business partner, he's like, listen, I love the brand. Let's run with it. So, uh, you know, it's not your typical, like, um, you know, uh, you know, energized fitness or, or self-eponymous titles. You know, I figured let's work. I'm a science nerd. Let's work with a scientific name, gravity and oxygen, and it's stuck. And it's been a really strong brand. And uh, I really, uh, I've had a great time doing it since. So. Cool, cool. It's it's always cool hearing stories uh, with other uh, business owners. Just because that's a struggle sometimes, right? Just like, what's my brand? Is it my name? Is it something that you know, whatever? So really, really cool and makes makes total sense. Um, so I'm I'm also curious. So uh, you know, after reading about your background too, and and uh, uh, so much experience with volleyball uh, in particular. And then kind of where you are now getting uh, more into Spartan and DECA, uh, which we're going to talk more about. But I'd love to hear kind of what brought you more into this, this world of obstacle course racing and, and fitness competitions and things like that. Well, I think, um, you know, uh, father time is undefeated, right, Mike? So if you think about <laughs> I was trying to play competitive beach volleyball in Florida and trying to do these AP qualifiers that I'm five foot ten. I'm not a tree. And uh, as I age, I won't be able to compete and hang as, as I once used to. So um, as we are owners of facilities that we're still trying to find our own personal journey of exercise and find accomplishment and what that new accomplishment may be each year. So uh, um, I actually uh, have done some emceeing for events like for Red Bull. I've actually emceed Spartan races. And in my exposure to emceeing these events, I really found like, wow, this is pretty great comprehensive fitness. And that everything we do inside the walls of a gym is meant to be applied outside, You're meant to play. All right. So uh, it should be instead of working uh Working in, it's called working out. So use your workouts outside. So Spartan Race is a great application in obstacle courses in general, Tough Mudders, OCRs, in a way of demonstrating and proving your worth of what you've done functionally. Um, so I become a fan of them. This year, I actually just completed the Spartan trifecta for the first time. Absolutely loved it. And when um, Jared and Nancy had come by and run across my um, networking in regards to what they were doing, I thought it was perfect timing. And, and Joe Desenio with Spartan Race is, is brilliant. He recognized if we are closed for a pandemic and I can no longer host festivals around the country, how do I reach out with tentacles to the people who attend my events? Well, sign up for something that is a version of competitive fitness, an accomplishment task where people can quantify their own fitness. 
So when um, Jared came by and did a sample test run with our membership, I dug it. I said, sign us up. So we were actually one of the founding members of becoming an affiliate. And we've been now um, attached to them for a year and a half. And it's a great way to uh, give you value added program to your current membership, but also use it as a funnel to potentially bring in new people. Run special programs where you can prepare and train for that, um, charge for that, and then also have an event in your facility where you're once again only increasing your culture and invite all types of people into your event. So um, as soon as I recognized it and came across it, I, I felt like this is something we want to be part of. Yeah, and you know, a, a lot of the same things were kind of going through our heads when we signed up uh, to be an affiliate, and we're excited. You know, I, I want to get more into uh, the DECA specific. Um, we're hosting our first event next weekend. Really excited about that. And one of the big things that that kind of drew me to it, I've, I've been doing my first Spartan race, I think it was in 2015, maybe in 2013. I can't remember. It's been a long time doing the Spartan races and and have uh, loved, loved that side of it and have trained a ton of clients who, who same thing. They, they, they love it. They do, you know, trifectas every year and, and it just builds from there. But I have this whole other side of clientele that really want nothing to do with it. And, and maybe it's just the, the fear factor. They don't know. And it just scares them a little bit. They see, you know, if, if you're just totally new to it, it's intimidating. Absolutely. But I love the idea of DECA where it was more about you, right? It's more about you just setting that baseline. Um, it is for many fitness levels. It's not for just the crazy. There, yes, there's those guys out there and, and women out there that when I see how the times they're putting up, it's insane. But there's also people just getting through this at their own pace and and putting and just getting a number, right? At getting that baseline. And that's that's what drew me to this, this really this whole world was maybe this this is just something other than, hey, we're gonna come in and work out which is great, right? But it just gives you a little bit more purpose, a little bit more meaning behind some of your training. I completely agree. I would say that from direct source, from Jared and Yancey, their whole intention was not the 1% freaks who can do this in sub 15 minutes. It was the 99% of the population that needed something to quantify just a sense of progress. So in our gym alone, in the year and a half that we've had it, when we held our first event, we call our event here at the gym Decaween because we do it on Halloween weekend. So we you know, encourage costumes and such. But three of the stories that I took home from our first event were not the people who finished in 16 and a half minutes. It was the woman who was in a rollover car accident in Spain, who 10 months later accomplished the task. It was my friend um, uh, Capri, who um, is a breast cancer survivor and chose to do this as a, as a sense of accomplishment. It was my friend Troy, who was in a boating accident in Miami um, two years before and had pelvic fractures and, and multiple surgeries and was able to accomplish it. Those are the stories we want to hear about, not someone who just shaved 13 seconds off the previous time and they're already the 1%. And that is the intention. And as long as you continue to convey that transparently to the potential constituency of people you want to attract to the gym and complete it, that is the whole target of DECA and Yancey and Jared will tell you the same. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. And, and for those that are a little bit more advanced and um, you know that are looking for those PRs and things like that, it, it also brings maybe... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word, just uh, like uh, revitalizing where maybe you've been doing a lot of OCR races and you're out there and you're, you're beating yourself up with all the miles. This is a little different. It's still competitive and you're kind of satisfying that, that urge right there, but just in a different way. And I'm actually pretty excited for that personally, where I've been doing a ton of Spartan races um, and I still will, but I'm changing, changing my training up a little bit. And I, I'm going to do a few more DECA events and kind of go down that rabbit hole for a little bit and just see where it takes me. 
Absolutely. And knowing that you're about to host your first event, maybe that's something in this conversation we can think of is, um, is perhaps when you are having them fill out the registration card, and of course their deck of card is where you're going to write their time when they're done, is perhaps like, what's your story? What's your, why, what is your deck of why? I'm doing this because um, I had a baby six months ago, or I'm doing this because um, I want to feel like a high school athlete again. So if you can somehow get your whys in their story, then that is the, the future fodder and content substance for future marketing for your events. And I guarantee you, you might get twice the enrollment because yeah, people want to awesome. associate with their why. Absolutely. That's great advice. We'll have to definitely add that to the scorecard there. Um, so I want to talk about, you have an event coming up soon as well, and uh, it looks pretty, pretty amazing. So uh, tell us about this, uh, this event in uh, Florida that's coming up soon. Okay. So um, there are multiple affiliates in the South Florida area that have aligned with DECA um, and they've all held incredible uh, events. And there's, there's one in this area, at least uh, one a month, at least in our area. So I figured, okay, well, we've held two events and most people who are coming to our event are generally our members. And then a couple of, you know, associating uh, people in the area, but why host an event for your gym when you can host it for a city? Why do it for a city when you can do it for a region? So um, with me having experience working with some of the FAU athletics, the division one university here, literally across the street from our facility, I figured, let me use my connections with the athletic department and see by chance if they might dig the idea of hosting something on their property, whether it be their track field or their football field. It's a beautiful stadium aesthetically. Um, it's the only stadium in the country where you can see the ocean from the top. So we figured let's maximize that opportunity. So through two phone calls, I was able to get in touch with the athletic director of FAU and they said, you know what? We've been looking for some unique um, ideas and programs to host on campus. We love this. Um, let's do it. So uh, from there, I was like, all right, it's on. So um, we decided to, to host South Florida DecaFest. So we are inviting everyone from Miami to Jacksonville and beyond. And we are ready now still with nine days to go before the event, have over 200 entries, seven states represented in 148 cities. How about that? Awesome. So. You don't know what you have until you put the feelers into the universe. And now we may have created a potential monster on our hands. So we decided instead of just doing strong and mild, hey, as DECA had their um, national like double DECA challenge, let's do double DECA as a team on the football field and let's throw in the mile run. So what did the dynamic look like? Okay, teams of four, double the prescription. You strategize how you want to tackle all the repetitions and the distance. And then you as a four, all four of you have to run the 10th of a mile together around the, the cone perimeter. So basically, if you think of the 10 zones, it's going to encompass 70 yards of our field. All right. So we'll have a registration tent. We're going to have an athlete's lounge. At both events, we've had a lounge where we create a tenant area. We bring literally my patio furniture from my backyard. And we have like cabanas and lounge chairs and high tops, the whole nine. We're having a DJ. Um, we're having, we already have, we'll have probably 35 to 40 teams doing double DECA. And we have over 100 combined miles and strongs. So we're doing this. Um, the teams will go out. We're having six lanes of the event, six lanes. We've never done more than three. So we're going to go football field, six lanes of equipment. So we're borrowing from our neighbors as well, the tanks, the med balls, the boxes, the whole nine. And um, we're making this an event. We have vendors, um, the DJ, we'll have an MC. So we're truly making this an epic event in this region. And who knows what can come of it. It's, it's basically spaghetti principle. Throw something on the wall, see what sticks take our observations of the SWOT analysis of the event and maybe make it bigger and badass next year. And um, uh, we unfortunately decided to schedule it accidentally on the same weekend as Austin DecaFit. So Jared and Yancey will be in Texas, whereas if I had done my true homework, 
we probably would have scheduled a different weekend because also here in South Florida is Wadapalooza, a very big CrossFit competition. So we probably would have had more of a CrossFit presence if we had just done like a week later. Mm -hmm. um, so we know our odds and ends are ready before hosting the event. But as of right now, over 200 entrants. And as people mostly sign up closer to the event, we're looking at 250 by next Saturday. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. have to make sure we have all of our volunteers in check, our logistics, our operations, registration, um, refreshments, the whole nine, to truly make the experience. Yeah. There's workouts, Mike, and then there's experiences, and we pride ourselves on giving just that an experience. So uh, we'll let you know. I'm going to send you also um, our promo video. Some people may have seen it already, but I think when they see the video and get the visual of what's going on, I think we've created a really cool, unique monster. Yeah, and I'll definitely share that and put it in the show notes for this episode. Um, from what I've seen, it it just looks, I mean, yeah, obviously a gorgeous uh, atmosphere and then uh, uh, one hell of an event. So that's going to be amazing. Um and uh, I mean, absolutely, I can see, you know, almost maybe a good thing. There's a few other events going on because it's a nice first time, right? Uh, first getting like a thousand people. And then it's like, holy crap, how do we <laughs> how do yeah. we do this? So um, maybe a blessing just to it's still a big, big turnout right there, which is awesome. And and I can only imagine, you know, uh, I'm going to be watching closely seeing, hey, can we do something in Southern California? Uh, something similar, you know, and I'm sure other places would love to see something like this. Thank you. And I'm more, more than willing to help. And actually you talking about, you know, be careful what you wish for as far as the growth. Um, we have had our staff uh, and members go to other experiences um, where perhaps the, the start times weren't necessarily timely, like scheduled. And in that you're losing some of the customer experience. So with that, we're not necessarily focusing on profits and revenue. We're focusing on running it right, not in a rush. So our first two events, we've hit home runs with doing it. So we figured, okay, we can tackle something next level. But once again, it's probably a good thing. Um, with where we're at with the enrollment, knowing that we can do this over the course of six or seven hours without being overly swamped and sacrificing the customer experience. True point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's uh, talk a little bit about training. So uh, I, I think more and more people have either done a DECA or thinking about it. Um, maybe something similar to me where I've done a ton of, of OCR competitions. This is a little bit new. Um, since you've kind of, you've done both, right? What what are maybe some key points or key differences or just some things to consider if you're kind of just always have done traditional OCR training? Now you're looking to take on something like this and you want to be fairly competitive. You know, what are some things that you might want to consider? OK, I think the first thing to consider is your environment of what you're experiencing with OCR or DECA. So OCR is you're going to get dirty. It is um, crawling under barbed wire. It is monkey hangs. It is. Um, you know, uh, getting in swamps. I was in a swamp in central Florida for two and a half miles <laughs> three weeks ago. And um, so you are to get money and dirty. You're throwing javelins. There's no javelins in DECA, but there are Atlas stone pickups in Spartan race and other things like that. So um, certainly as you begin to experience resistance with doing farmer carries with 60 pound dumbbells and lifting a 60 pound ball over your shoulder and pushing a weighted tank, you're not necessarily as resistive feel in OCR other than your body weight and doing hang moves. So I do think developing some force production through some strength training would be a good primal thing to, to endure. Um, if you think of the zones, we have the machines of the erg, the assault or echo bike and the rower. So I think getting yourself acclimated with some kind of uh, full body cardio equipment would be good as well. Um, uh, and I think understanding how to train for it is doing pairings. So if DECA is 10 zones, try pairings of the zones that will attack the same muscle groups. So try something where you're doing a barrel lunge into a box step over. Do something where you're doing a med ball pickup 
and then a pharma carry. So where you're going to go grip, grip, right? Think about your pairings and in that you're going to prepare yourself. So I would say first and foremost, develop some strength training with resistance, get acclimated with the cardio toys that maybe you're not used to if you're doing more outdoor OCR stuff. Um, and then get into your metabolic conditioning, right? So understand that um, if we define or divide the DECA course, the, the first three things are leg, 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 barrel lunges, row, boxes. So we're going to toast your legs and then we're going to go grip, grip, grip. So we're going to go med ball sit-ups, ski erg, farmer carry. Then it goes compound, 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 compound. Bike, med ball, tank, barrel. So understand that your greatest energy output is going to be seven through 10. And when you hit that bike at seven, just like you're running a marathon, mile 18 is the wall. The bike is the wall. You will know where your conditioning is at when you hit number seven, because you're going to hit yourself with a wild ride. When it comes to the tank, because the tank is on a torque motor, you can't run the tank. So expect there to be there for a couple of minutes. So energy sparing as you get to the compounds is something to think about if you're doing your first experience for DECA. So that's how I divide it. Other creativity would be do barrel, barrel, do 30 barrel lunges, 20 barrel burpees, combine those things. Um, so that's just, you can be creative within the science of your training. So strength training, understand your cardio equipment, and then understand your conditioning to sustain all 10 zones. I, I think that's that's golden right there, how you broke up the zones and basically explained this is this is what's going to get taxed, right? Like legs, grip, total body, um, being prepared for that. So I guess um, one thing maybe uh, to get your uh, opinion on is let's say I have all the equipment. I'm at a gym that, that has it all or at home and I have just have a six gym set up at home, whatever it might be. Um, what are your thoughts on do I just practice the event? Or do kind of what you say, do I maybe just pair up specific ones? Um, any thoughts on, on that type of training? I think if you want to go in raw and just see what you have, what your time is, um, then go and do it. If the facility allows you to put out the equipment in your course, one through 10, then go ahead and try it. Many times we commonly hear, oh, I need to get ready for that. I need to get prepared. Well, if you're already doing exercise and OCR, this is just another version to truly be crossing fit and handle anything that's unexpected given to you. So just go and do it, find your mark, and now you know where you are. We love to say in our facility, whether we're working with athletes or Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, how do you know where you've gone if you didn't know where you came from? So just go do it. Get your mark. Now you know where you are. And then based upon your organized structured training, you can then begin to shave your time. And then maybe you trend towards that 1%. But you'll never know unless you have a data starting point. I think it's perfect advice. Even, you know, similar from a Spartan race, like just go do it, go have fun, get out there. And you failed all the grip obstacles, but you crushed it on the carries and the, you know, the hill climbs, then we know, Hey, you can keep doing your, your hill training. You're pretty good there already. Let's, let's focus on, on this specific area and, and retest every once in a while. So um, I right. think that's perfect advice there. Um, so I think kind of, I know what you're going to say for this next question, but um, let's say I have none of this stuff you know, is this something I can, I can train for without anything or maybe Question, traditional so, gym stuff? Correct. So if you don't necessarily have med balls or barbells, so I certainly would say, oh man, that's a good question. Oof. So I know Jared and Yancey developed something called Deca Fire, which is basically a 10 exercise zone of bodyweight exercises, everything from lateral bounds to burpees, to like rolling crawls, to hand release pushups, to air squats. So I think start with 10 movements of your body weight, do them unbroken. Try to give yourself a prescription of, okay, I'm going to do 30 reps of everything or perhaps make a metabolic where I'm going to do one minute of everything and do that, okay? Or do multiple rounds of that. So I think start with your body weight first, all right? Find challenging movements with your body weight. If you have a playground or park that has 
that has access monkey bars. If you have, um, if you can do something like standing or fence and do, you know, pistol squat, something that's going to overload single limb, something that's going to overload the muscles, um, body weight based, um, then try that first. Um, that's going to challenge the gravity and the oxygen, the cardio and the strength application. I would think in a pure vacuum, realistically, everyone's going to have access to something. Maybe they have a pair of dumbbells at home. Maybe they picked up a TRX or maybe they have, you know, uh, a, a rock or stone in their, in their yard. I would think in <laughs> pandemic, people found ways creatively to have exercise tools at home. Maybe they have, if you look, maybe they bought a pair of resistance bands and they anchored them to their door in their garage, right? Just apply some kind of resistive load where you are going to fatigue and fail with lower repetitions if you have, you know, external loads. But start with your body weight first. Do a medley of exercises, um, unbroken, and then you'll be able to, to measure your overall conditioning. So that's the idea. Come in with some kind of written plan, execute the plan, and then build upon your progressions of, okay, I'm going to do a second round of that plan, or I'm going to do um, more external ones. That's my, my, my suggestion. So Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. And, and I think, like you said, it's, you know, it, conditioning's conditioning and strength strength. If, if you are building upon those things, you're going to do pretty well at something like this. And then... You know, like you were saying earlier, just exposure to maybe the bike or the erg. If you've never done it before, you, you start to get the rhythm and the technique and understand uh, the specifics. But if you're just pretty well conditioned, you're going to do all right. And if you're fairly strong, you'll do you'll do pretty well there. Yeah. If you've done an OCR, I'm pretty satisfied that your aerobic base is pretty there. So it's a matter of just getting a newfound um, exposure to the weight of things and you'll be able to shave time. Uh, someone that I know locally um, is an 18 time top three finisher for his age, age group for Spartan race. The moment he exposed himself to decades, like this is my newfound venture. And now he's beginning to improve his times by understanding mastering technique. And he'll Absolutely. be at our so, Cool. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, how about mistakes? Uh, what, let, let's say it's, it's going to be my first one. What, what's like the common mistake you see when people are uh, attacking the course? Uh, going ham early. You're thinking, Oh, I'm going to do that 500 meter row sub two minutes. And then you try to do that first box jump and your quads want to shave themselves off your femur. Okay. So that you'll find uh, mother nature will tell you really quick who's boss. So once you've done your lunges, your barrel lunges, and then you go right to the leg. Um, are you doing strong or mile at your event, Mike? We'll be doing strong. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. So yeah. by the time you get to number three, those boxes, you may consider changing, like maybe doing the frontal plane and going like side to side step overs, mm -hmm. as opposed to doing your jump or trying to jump down where you eccentrically doing twice the load of gravity on your quads. I don't advise. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely, uh, you'll find the farmer carries are trickier than you think. Most people mm -hmm. have difficulty doing your five straight laps of 20 meters um, uh, broken. So you'll find that that, that erg grip is really tricky. Um, I would say, actually, advice straight from Jared, that when you get to your, your zone seven with the bike, sprint your first 10 cows, get them going, get the momentum on the display screen, get it going, and then you can essentially cruise if you feel like you're hitting a wall. But as long as you set the, the monitor, then at least you're already setting the, the momentum for better performance um, for your 25 cal, right? That's what I'd advise. Um, almost see your, your med ball sit-ups as a recovery exercise. So if there's one you want to go ham on, do that, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, what was I going to say? So we have eight, nine. Um, you have the med ball at, at eight. So once again, lifting an object heavy off of the ground is a lower body power move. Use your lower half. Don't think you're trying to pick this up with your lower back. Use your legs, keep your ball straddling between your ankles, keep it in proximity to you, not out away from you, shorten your phys physics levers, and then as soon as you get it up, chuck it over your shoulders, chuck it, and then turn around and repeat. But use your lower half for the med balls. And then um, when it comes to the, to the tank, put the TRX loops on your wrists, 
All right. Don't put them back in the bin of the tank because every time you go get them, get them, you're wasting 10 seconds to pick them back up and do it. Keep them on your wrist when you're pushing and when you're ready to pull, they're already on your wrists. You will save at least 90 seconds by keeping them on your wrists. And then the burpees, all I can say is good luck. Just survive. That's it. Just breathe, survive, knock out your first 10 and just understand at the edge of uncomfortable greatness happens. Do your second 10, lay on the floor, have a good day. Get your medal. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's uh, perfect advice right there for all of those. I I've already, you know, just playing around with everything. Uh, you couldn't be more true on those box jumps where I really didn't think it was going to be a big deal. I was like, Oh, that, no, no problem. I'm, I'm good at jumping. I'm up and over this. And then, yeah, you do one and your legs aren't there. They're like, literally they, they go away for a little while and then they start to come back. But um, that's, that's dead on there. And then the farmers carry too. I, you know, again, I saw it. I'm like, not that bad. This is almost going to be a rest for me. Uh, but at, at that midpoint, uh, it's pretty hard. <laughs> it's it's a struggle to get that distance unbroken, right? Not without putting it down. So um, those are two, I think, I know personally kind of caught me by surprise. Didn't think it was going to be that bad. I mean, a lot of them like the bike, you know, right? If you've been on a bike before, it's you, you're just going to get through it. Um, but some of those ones that were like, all right, this is going to be where I excel. It's like, oh, nope, not quite. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. And if, for example, if someone's 500 meter row time is, you know, normally like, you know, a minute 54, then um, it's okay if you're 205 or 210. It's okay because at least you didn't go ham early and you're saving yourself, sparing some energy when you go to the box and things forward. If you're, you know, 500 meter time is 154 and you decided to go 149 for the sake of, you know, going fast, 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 well, you're going to find out once again the next zone and there on and therefore they really toasted yourself. So, Absolutely. Well, this has been amazing. And the advice you've given, I think, is going to just be uh, super helpful for, for myself, anyone else who, who's thinking about taking on one of these events uh, this year. Uh, if anybody wants to learn a little bit more about you or, or the event you're doing, is there a good resource I can uh, send them to? I appreciate that. You can go to um, gravityandoxygen.com, A-N-D in the middle. That's our um, website. Um, my personal Instagram is at PCology. So my initials P-C-O-L-O-G-Y. Um, our Instagram for the business is at gravity and oxygen underscore fitness. And then we actually have a Instagram handle for the South Florida DECA Fest. And that is S-O-F-L-O, so SoFlo DECA Fest. And you can find us there and we have an event page and um, you can go to actor.com and find us. So many avenues. And once again, I'm, I'm honored for the opportunity to talk with you, Mike. And San Diego is one of my all-time favorite cities. Uh, so I plan that when I go out West, I'll be sure to stop by your incredible facility. So, yes, that'd be awesome. Well, I'm going to put, uh, everything you mentioned in the show notes for this episode. So people can just head on over there and, uh, and just click on those links and, and check all the stuff out. So, uh, good luck to your event. Um, I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I can't wait to hear about it. Well. Yeah. Awesome. And as being a veteran to the events, please feel free to hit me up for any questions you may have. Okay. Oh, Remember the experience, the experience. So absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, brother. Have a great day. Good energy always wins. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up episode 89 of the OCR Underground Show. Um, as always, I wanted to thank our sponsors. Make sure you check out Venga CBD, Fitbar, and Handmaster Plus. And a huge thanks to Coach uh, 
Paul Christopher on sharing his wealth of knowledge and just really giving some great insight. Uh, if you're going to be checking out a DECA event um, in the near future, uh, in the show notes over at ocrunderground.com slash episode dash 89, uh, I'm going to put links to uh, everything that we talked about. You can check out more about uh, Coach Paul as well as his event if you're in the Florida area or uh, my event if you're in the uh, on the other side of the country in the SoCal area. You can check out all the links there. Um, But that's it for this time, and uh, you guys keep training smarter, and we'll see you soon.